the TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. This is the Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. Eastern time here on the East Coast of the United States on Wednesday night. And you know what day and time it is wherever you're listening to the Steve Malzberg Show or watching the Steve Malzberg Show. And wow, what a busy, busy news day from morning to uh, early evening. Two major events, and we're going to start with the one that took place most recently first, uh, and that is the fact that on the night of the final uh, GOP presidential debate, which was only between or is only between two candidates who qualified, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, uh, one who did not qualify, uh, the blowhard Chris Christie, the former governor of New Jersey, whose sole purpose, in my view, was to destroy Donald Trump. And boy, did he do a job while Trump is running away with things nationally. Anyway, um, Christie, I think, uh, managed three percent nationally. Way to go, Christie. Anyway, he dropped out. Let's hear how he did it. He was uh, speaking uh, earlier in uh, New Hampshire. And here is cut 137. My goal has never been to be just a voice against the hate and the division and the selfishness of what our party has become under Donald Trump. It's also been to win the nomination and defeat Joe Biden and restore our party and our country to a new place of hope and optimism in this country. I've always said that if there came a point in time in this race where I couldn't see a path to accomplishing that goal, that I would get out. And it's clear to me tonight that there isn't a path for me to win the nomination, which is why I'm suspending my campaign tonight for President of the United States. I know, and I can see it from some of the faces here, that I'm disappointing some people by doing this. People who believe in our message and believe in what we've been doing. I also know, though, it's the right thing for me to do. What'd you do? Disappoint two people? <laughs> um, was there a, an offer already made from one of the left wing networks, MSNBC or CNN? Are they ready to hire you? This guy, man, what a joke. He's been a joke from day one. And on Friday, I promise you, really good Chris Christie stuff that you've probably never seen before. And I promise you, you will see it, God willing, on Friday. So make sure you tune in and you're here on, excuse me, on Friday, same time, same place. Um, And then there was, before Christie went and made the announcement, he was caught on a hot mic uh, answering questions from some reporter or something, you know, it was off the record or whatever it was, I don't know. But I want you to listen to him as he talks about Nikki Haley and references Ron DeSantis, who he got a phone call from. But this is just listen and watch this. Uh, this is cut uh, 138. People don't want to hear it, Wayne. Mm-hmm. They don't want to hear it. We know we're right, but they don't want to hear it. Right. And and there's you know we couldn't have been any clearer. Right. We couldn't have been any more any more direct or worked any harder. So you know. 
million. Yeah. I mean, well, like well, when you give land 10. to China and places like that. Yeah, yeah that's what you get. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, she spent 68 million so far, just on TV. Um, spent yeah. 68 million so far, 59 million by DeSantis, and we spent 12. I mean, who's punching above their weight and who's getting a return on their investment, you know? And she's going to get smoked. And you and I both know it. She's not up to this. She hasn't even and she's still 20 points behind Trump in New Hampshire, right? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And he's, gonna, he's still going to carry out, right? Yes. Oh, he's, I, t- you know, I talked to De- DeSantis called me, petrified that I would. He's probably getting out after Iowa. Well, he's petrified. Okay. Now, we didn't hear the conclusion of that, but obviously, DeSantis called him after hearing the rumors that Christie was on his way out, which he was, petrified that I would, guess what? It has to be petrified that I would support Haley, that I would throw my support to Nikki Haley. (laughs) Oh, she's not up to this. Oh, Christie got the biggest bang for the buck. Oh, yeah, he only spent 12 million and look where he is. And she spent 60 or whatever, look where she is. I'd rather be where she is than out of the race. Give me a, just, just, just please. This guy is disgusting. He was in it. He still, you heard him in the, when he was uh, dropping out. He will, he doesn't want Donald Trump to, he, this guy will support, I believe, rather support, and this is what he's saying, Joe Biden and every one of those policies and the threat of change in this country that you wouldn't believe over Donald Trump. Donald Trump. The man that when Trump was running for his second term, that means he was at the end of his first term almost, Christie helped prepare him for his debate against Biden. And now all of a sudden, Trump was a, is, is Hitler. You know what I mean? I don't know if he actually said that, but you get the point. Can't have Trump. Trump will destroy this. Trump is that. Trump is this. Trump is that. I mean, please. So he's gone. Good riddance. Anybody taking bets? MSNBC, CNN. I don't know. Where else could he wind up? Where else could he wind up? You know, a Republican. They love those Republicans who hate Trump. So they could say we have a Republican on the panel. (laughs) You got to love this stuff. Well, bye bye, Chris. Go have a nice meal tonight. (laughs) Sorry. Had to throw that in. Now, the other news of the day. Uh, Guess who showed up? Guess who showed up at the House Oversight Committee hearing involving involving Hunter Biden, who the House uh, uh, Oversight Committee was considering, um, uh, you know, holding in contempt because he didn't show up for a closed door session for which he was subpoenaed. Guess who showed up? Hunter Biden. Yes, reportedly with film crew in hand and everything else. He went into the committee room. He sat there. Chaos ensued to an extent. And um, Hunter Biden's filming, reportedly refilming a documentary or a film or a movie on himself, you know, with other people involved, of course. And so guess what? You don't think this makes for a good part of the movie? (laughs) What a joke. It's all such a joke. This and the media. Oh, this Hunter's proving he's willing to talk to them. No, they don't want to talk to him where Hunter wants to talk. They want him to obey the subpoena and go behind closed doors. Obey the freaking law. 
This is just more insanity. So let's let's take it uh, in in some kind of order. Anyway, this is CNN. Watch. Oh, they see Hunter Hunter coming down the hall. He's coming down the hall. You ready for this? Here's cut one twenty seven. It sounds like Hunter Biden right now might be showing up if we want to start walking this way. But he could be on his way right now. As I said, this is part of the Hunter Biden's effort right now to really show that he is making every effort to comply with the subpoena to appear for a deposition. Time and time again, he said he's willing to talk to Republicans, at least in a public setting. You can see right now we have this scrum of reporters. If you can just shoot the camera over there. We have this scrum of reporters. It looks like Hunter Biden is there. Excuse me. Sir, are you worried about being held in contempt? If you guys can see this right now, we are with Hunter Biden. Sorry, it's a little crowded right here, guys. Hunter Biden is not talking, but he is walking in right now to the hearing. Elvis is in the house. Oh, we are with Hunter Biden. Here he comes. Oh, it's a little crowded. Oh, Hunter Biden showing once again that he's willing to talk to Republicans in an open setting. Hey, brain surgeon, mouthpiece for the for the Biden administration. He's breaking the law. They don't want him in an open session. Duh. The subpoena was for a closed session. Nobody gives a rat's behind except people like you and the media, the rest of the media and the Democrats, that he's willing to talk in an open session. That's not what the subpoena is for. This is this is insanity. You don't get to pick and choose. If this was Eric Trump doing the same thing, <laughs> he'd be in jail already. All right. So let's uh, let, let, let's uh, now go to. Um, uh, to, to 128. All right, so that's it. Hunter Biden has just appeared for a closed, for a, an open hearing at the House Oversight Committee. This is where, again, they're marking up proceedings to hold him in contempt of Congress. We'll see what he has to say if Republicans are going to let him actually speak in the hearing. He said time and time again that he would speak publicly and that he does not want to appear for a closed door deposition. So that's where we're at right now, guys. Again, if this man is breaking the law, <laughs> you don't show up when you're not invited and 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 they assume he's oh we'll see will he be will they talk to him well, of course they're not going to talk to him i mean what is this kindergarten tv i mean how i i know they're in the tank i know they're all in the tank i know they're not journalists i know they're propagandists but i mean she's like a juvenile propagandist oh and let's see it just shows that hunter biden's willing to talk no it doesn't it shows he's willing to film for his documentary. He wasn't called to talk today. He showed up. He had his chance. He disobeyed his subpoena. I don't care if he's willing to talk in public. He was subpoenaed to talk again in private. You'd never know it from these bozos or they mention it, but it's as if it doesn't matter. It's as if he gets to pick.
on MSNBC. Situation was, of course, the same. One thirty five. I think it's his way of saying I will testify. I've always said I will testify. I'm not going to do it in secret. I'm going to do it in public. So that to me is his statement that he's making today. He has always said he will testify. He just doesn't want to do it in secret. So it's really hard to argue that he's in contempt because he refused to testify. It's just the forum. Secret or in public for everyone to see it. And that's what his attorneys have argued all along, is he, he's not defying a subpoena. He's just trying to make sure whatever he said in its full context is before the American public to hear so that his, his fear was that the committee <laughs> members, Republicans, would kind of spice and dice whatever he said behind closed doors and put out partial transcripts that would misconstrue the, the context. He's not defying? A subpoena? Folks, you know I talk about this every day, the media. I've been talking about the media every day, more or less, for 30-plus years. He's not defying a subpoena? He just wants to make sure that the public hears. Again, you don't freaking get to make sure. I mean, does she not know that? How, how often do I ask the question, is she that dumb? No, is the person that we're hearing that dumb or is she being a useful idiot? Now, I don't know in her case, but I can't imagine that anybody sitting behind the microphone would actually believe that, oh, he no, this shows he's not defying the subpoena. He wants to talk. He just wants to do it the way he wants to, not the way they want him to do it. And that's okay. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. Wow. You know, we have we have closed door hearings and testimony all of the time. But Hunter Biden, who's awaiting trial on drug charges and the whole thing and everything else, Hunter Biden gets to pick how he talks to Congress because he doesn't like the way they chose and he defied and disobeyed a subpoena and it's okay because he really didn't yeah he really did he really did i i I can't even believe what i'm hearing i just can't believe it they lie they lie like they breathe all right now let's go to the hearing jamie raskin Democrat from uh, <laughs> from uh, the uh, committee, and uh, he might be the ranking member on the committee. And here he is uh, talking about this whole thing on the House Oversight Committee, as I mentioned. And this is cut one twenty three. Hunter Biden, through his lawyer, agreed to Chairman Comer's multiple public requests. He agreed to appear precisely at a public hearing under oath to answer the committee's questions on December 13th. Exactly what our good colleagues, the Republicans who had information about January 6th, never agreed to do. They never agreed to testify anywhere under oath about what they knew. The letter that came in from Mr. Biden embraced the importance of having a public proceeding that, quote, would prevent selective leaks, manipulated transcripts, doctored exhibits, or one-sided press statements, especially in light of the committee's past use of closed-door sessions to manipulate, even distort the facts, Mr. Chairman, and misinform Mr. the Chairman, public. Mr. Chairman, I have an inquiry. 
State your point. Um, I, I, Mr. Mr. Chairman, don't we have House rules and committee rules uh, regarding uh, subpoenas uh, and then rules about having uh, hearings and, and having questions uh, with, with witnesses we that do. must be followed? No, Marjorie Taylor Greene. No, there are no rules. Not when it comes to Hunter Biden. So when this clown, Raskin, says on September 13th, his lawyers told the committee chairman he'd be will he's willing to testify, but not where they wanted him to testify. I mean, and her question, again, I feel like I'm in, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a little, in a, a lower level school. I mean, she's asking the right question. I'm not knocking her, but the fact that she has to ask it, don't we have rules? Aren't there procedures and rules regarding subpoenas? I mean, don't you have to obey them and do what the subpoena requests? Not say, I'm not going to do it that way, but I'll do it another way. And that's hunky-dory. I mean, what is this? So good for Marjorie Taylor Greene. And um, <laughs> we continue here with cut 124. The chairman refused to take yes for an answer from Hunter Biden. Instead, on December 1, they pulled a bait and switch. They changed the terms of their request. They rejected his offer or his acceptance of their offer and insisted that he now come in and sit for a secret closed door deposition. On December 6, Hunter Biden's lawyer reiterated that Hunter Biden was willing to accept the chair's original request and once again offered to appear on December 13th or any other date in December to answer any question pertinent and relevant to the subject matter. He again raised concerns about closed door sessions. That's what brings us to today, Mr. Chairman. Um, he has materially, substantially, in good faith complied with what your requests were. He complied I, with the subpoena. We, 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 right. we would have expired. We would have loved that. Do any other compliance. members wish to be heard? Well, I'm glad he, he, first of all, that's a lie. He did not comply with the subpoena, of course, and that's what the chairman was saying uh, to Raskin. Um, and then, then we get into Nancy Mace. When the question is asked, anybody else want to be heard? Nancy Mace raises her hand and her voice, and here it comes, uh, 125. Mr. Chair recognizes Ms. Mace from South Carolina. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, uh, Chairman Comer. Um, first of all, my first question is, who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Whoa. Um, second question, you are the epitome of white privilege, coming into the Oversight Committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here and- M Mr. Chairman, point of inquiry. Mr. Chairman, um, if the, the lady if, if the general lady wants to hear from Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now, Mr. Chairman. Let's take a vote and hear from Hunter Biden. What are you afraid of? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Order, order, order. Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Did you keep interrupting me? I'll interrupt the chairman. I don't know that he's a lady. I think that that Hunter Biden should be arrested right here, right now, and go straight to jail. Our nation is founded on the rule of come law. Come on, come on. And the premise come that on. the law applies equally to everyone, no matter what your last Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Point um, of it order. It doesn't matter who you are. Oh, there you go. You have no balls, 
she says to Hunter Biden. And again, this is this is a farce. This is a farce. This is like a this is like a mini insurrection, if you will, of this committee. And it's being perpetrated, not really by Hunter Biden, because he showed up. First of all, I don't know how you get in. Could anybody have walked in off the street? I, I'm just I'm just asking. He wasn't there to answer a subpoena. How come he got in? And did he have a film crew with him, as has been reported? How did they get in? Anybody could just walk into this hearing? That's number one. But these turning it around and lying and, and making it sound like poor, poor Hunter Biden is just dying to cooperate. Doesn't matter. He has to he has to cooperate the way the committee asked him to. Again, I mean, how many times have I said it? Not the way he wants to. <laughs> Good for Nancy Mace. I don't have much use for Nancy Mace for a lot of reasons. Uh, Republican from South Carolina. She's kind of all over the place. But on this issue, and she's seen evidence, and she's talked about evidence she's seen, while the left constantly says, there's no evidence. Um, anyway, just wild, crazy stuff. So after it was over, um, there was a, a press conference with uh, Abby Lowell, the attorney and attorney for Hunter Biden. And here's cut 129. On six different occasions since February of 2023, we have offered to work with the House committees to see what and how relevant information to any legitimate inquiry could be provided. Our first five offers were ignored. And then in November, they issued a subpoena for a behind closed doors deposition, a tactic that the Republicans have repeatedly misused in their political crusade to selectively leak and mischaracterize what witnesses have said. What are you going to do when the House... Last fall, Chairman Comer made an explicit offer that people like Hunter and had, like him, the option to attend a deposition or a public hearing, whichever they chose. Just crazy stuff. We have one more from uh, Abby Lowell uh, after this. Uh, this is when Hunter walked out, obviously, uh, which he did after about, I, I understand, 15 minutes or so. I don't know. So here's uh, cut one uh, 30. Hunter chose a hearing where Republicans could not distort, manipulate or misuse that testimony. Honor. And then ignoring that invitation and proving once again that they cared little about the truth and wanted only to, quote, move the needle of political support, which was a quote Chairman Comer confessed was his true purpose. The Republican chairs today then are commandeering an unprecedented resolution to hold someone in contempt who has offered to publicly answer all their proper questions. The question there is what are they afraid of? Thank you. 
and and then somebody asked the question of Hunter as he was walking. Uh, why did you call? Why did you talk to your father during business meetings? Why did you talk to your father? You know, because his father repeatedly was on the speakerphone during various business meetings, and his father claims he, he had nothing to do with Hunter's business meetings. So Hunter t- says to the reporter, "You have a father? You have a dad?" She says, "Yeah." You don't talk to him. You wouldn't pick up the phone. She said, "Yeah, yeah, but why are you doing it during business meetings?" <laughs> Good for her. All right. So subsequently, ladies and gentlemen, um, the um, that was at the House Oversight uh, Committee. But the Judiciary Committee has voted tonight to hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress. Uh, It was a 2314 vote. And the House has to now vote. The whole House has to vote. It was all party lines that 2314, all the Democrats voted no, all the Republicans voted yes. The entire House will vote. And then, and then it'll be up, get this, if they vote yes, then it's up to Merrick Garland, <laughs> Biden's attorney general, to decide whether to penalize and prosecute um, Hunter Biden for violating uh, the subpoena. So there you go. The soap, another soap opera. We didn't have enough soap operas going on. Now we have another one. So it's uh, it's interesting. We have more reaction and comments uh, made by the media uh, on on that. But we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're planning on turning our attention. Yes, we will. Uh, from a retired uh, 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 colonel in the U.S. Army, and he is going to um, he is going to. Uh, Talk about everything that's going on from from the uh, secretary of defense being in intensive care in the hospital, not telling anybody to what's going on in the Red Sea, what we should do, what we're not doing, all that kind of stuff. I, I can't wait to speak to, to him and, and also thank him for his uh, 25 years plus of service uh, in the U.S. military. I'm Steve Malsberg. Don't go anywhere. Stay here on TNT. Here's a bushfire fact. Bushfires can occur without warning. So, if you're traveling during bushfire season, here are three simple steps to remember. 1. Check the fire danger rating before you go. The higher the fire danger rating, the more dangerous the conditions. It may be safer to replan your trip. 2. Think about the area you're going to and what you would do if a fire started. How would you escape the area if you needed to? And where would you go? Check if there's a neighborhood safer place. 3. It's dangerous to drive through smoke or fire. If you can't find a way to avoid the fire, park in a cleared area, face the car towards the fire, and turn the engine off. Then lie on the floor and cover yourself to protect yourself from radiant heat. Live bushfire ready. For more helpful tips, visit myfireplan.com.au today. I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14, and I watched her struggle. But MDA helped her get the best treatments and care, and they also helped kids like my buddy Ethan. 
My name is Ethan and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. AMDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at mda.org today. The net zero con will leave millions of citizens dependent on state handouts. It isn't a theory. It's an agenda. There is no climate emergency. On air 24-7. This is today's News Talk Radio TNT. All right, folks, I welcome you back. Steve Malsberg with you. And uh, as mentioned, going into the uh, the break, uh, this country is a mess in so many ways, so many ways. And whenever I have uh, a gentleman or a lady uh, like the one I'm having on now, uh, 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 and he, of course, is a, a gentleman, uh, Joe Buccarino, uh, I'm sorry, Joe Buccaccino is a retired U.S. Army colonel. He has served this country, he did, for 27 years years and anybody who is put on the uniform is a better person than i am but 27 years i mean just imagine that and he is here to discuss so many things and in addition we should point out that uh, joe has uh, the uh, the uh, joe uh, buccaccino um strategic communications consulting firm it's just called joe buccaccino consulting joe i welcome you and i thank you for your service and it's an honor to speak to you sir yeah, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, I will say that uh, nobody's better than you or better than anybody else. Some people <laughs> go into military service, doesn't make them better than you. They're all citizens well, and we all we all serve this country. We're all citizens of this country. And, um, you know, I just appreciate you having me on talking about these issues. So let's let's start with the the uh, the defense secretary, Lloyd yeah. Austin. Um, you've probably served under under several <laughs> defense secretaries during your time in the army. Um, if you're serving, this is something that hasn't been talked about. If you're serving and you're a service member, let's say you're on a ship in the Red Sea, for instance, um, or you're in Iraq where you're being, you know, the, the drones and other uh, uh, objects are being fired at you and have been for quite some time. And you find out that the defense secretary of the United States has been hospitalized uh, out of just a basically a wall and nobody knew the president didn't know the secretary of state didn't know nobody knew the def the assistant defense secretary who took over didn't know why she was taking over and he's in the hospital for days before anybody even knows it what what's your reaction to finding that out especially if you're in one of those uh, places i just mentioned I would tell you, Steve, if you're if you're a soldier, your purview is, OK, what is my squad leader telling me to do? What is my first sergeant telling me? What What is my command telling me what to do? So you're kind of like very focused there. OK, so you're not you're not focused on the strategic, the, ta the tactical, you know, you're, you're focused on the tactical, not what's happening in D.C. These guys in D.C. don't know what they're doing. I'm going to focus on what my squad leader, my squad leader, that cat. He's been in the Army 13 years. He's rocks out. He's he's got my back and he's going to tell me what to do. I would tell you that 
people should be concerned about it. It's interesting because I wrote a I wrote an article about this. It was it was pretty short. I tried to make it succinct, 800 words in real clear defense on Saturday. And I took a lot of heat and I and I called for his resignation Saturday. I took a lot of heat Sunday, took a lot of heat Monday. By Tuesday, the Washington Post had come around to my view. By Wednesday, there were Democrats who'd come around to my view. And now I think most of the country is like, what is going on with the Secretary of Defense that he just disappears at a time when we're bombing uh, Baghdad, at a time when we get hit in the Red Sea, at a time when, you know, the Middle East is coming apart. He Nobody can get in touch with him. Like, do we even need this guy? If if these things are running without him, is he, you know, is he even piloting the Department of Defense if he if the guy disappears and these things are running without him? I mean, he didn't tell his deputy secretary of defense. My, my question is, like, how much is he even talking to his deputy secretary of defense? If she goes on vacation, she finds out she's charged with the authority to run the Pentagon. There's no communication between, between the two of them. First of all, maybe you need to come back from Puerto Rico. Maybe your vacation's over right now, you know. And so um, it's it's a weird story. I I worked for um, Pat Shanahan, who was the Secretary of Defense after Mattis for about seven months, and you couldn't he couldn't go anywhere without about three hundred people knowing. He just you couldn't do it. He couldn't go to play golf. And that's look you you, you take that job, you give up your expectation of privacy. You are one of the most important people on this planet. And, you know, he disappears for five days. It certainly doesn't instill confidence in the, the Pentagon. And where I'm, I'm disappointed in two other aspects of it. Yeah. I thought, I thought he'd be fired. Right. And, and the Biden administration doesn't care. Okay. Well, that doesn't instill confidence in, in this white house that they're worried about the security of our country. And then, my friend, Pat Ryder, Air Force general, who's, you know, he's the press secretary, the uniformed, you know, you see him go behind the podium. He's got all the awards and stuff, you know, handsome Air Force general. He's still holding to that this was an elective surgery. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. You got prostate cancer. That's not elective surgery. Like you can't you can't lie for this guy if you're wearing the, the uniform. Like, we can't believe right. the Pentagon anymore. No, a- absolutely not. And uh, Peter Ducey asked uh, uh, John Kirby, you know, how could we ever believe uh, the, the Pentagon? And how could we yeah. believe the White House, you know, if when it comes to the health of the president of the United States, if this is the case? I mean, and then let me ask you one other question. And here you'd have to put yourself, you know, just speculate totally. But um, what message does this send at a time when Iran is through their proxies yeah. attacking, you know, attacking ships uh, and, and Israel. And China is always this close to Taiwan and they keep making noises about it. And there's a war going on with Russia in Ukraine. What message does this send to our adversaries? The same message that I think was sent when we withdrew from Afghanistan in a month out of one airfield that... Mm. We don't have to worry about these guys. They don't really know what they're doing. And, and the real reason, you know, you know, I'm not a big right wing guy. I'm just an observer. Right. The real reason Austin was in that job. Oh, I came out of U.S. Central Command. That was my last job. Before that, I was an 18th Airborne Corps. Both of those are units that Austin commanded. 
I was never in the same unit with him, right? But I know his legacy. I know what he's all about. He's the Secretary of Defense because he's not going to give Biden any problems. Hey, Lloyd, we're going to get out of Afghanistan. We're going to do it in 45 days. We're going to do it from this one remote airfield, and you're going to make it happen. Yes, sir. That That's Lloyd Austin. And so it's like, no wonder he's not around. They don't need him to be around. They need him to be a pushover. He's not... He's not questioning anything. He's not getting anybody's way. And, um, you know, what, what message does it send to Iran? I think it sends to Iran the message that these cats in D.C., this the Biden administration, they're not serious. They're not serious about national security. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and on another topic, I'm just, as you say that, I'm thinking, what message does it send to Israel, who's, you know, who, who the administration would like to dictate orders to on military strategy and everything and, you know, what they have to do and who has to take over Gaza and this and that and don't don't go to war with Hezbollah because you can't win it, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and they, they can't be too impressed either by what happened. Well, no, I mean, look, look at, look at, they haven't been impressed. I mean, look at what, you know, we're, we're throw, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm probably in a different perspective from you in this, in that I'm very critical of Iran. Okay. A question of Israel. I'm very critical of Israel. So we're throwing money at Israel, throwing money for decades since the Truman mission, throwing money, throwing money. This administration, we're going to give you these artillery rounds. We're going to give you these one, five, five rounds for, for this war. Okay. Throw money. And we want you to slow down in the South and use these smaller munitions, smaller guided bomb units, and go to more target strikes. No, we're not going to do that. Okay, we're still going to throw all this, all these munitions. At, and you know, we want you to put the Palestinian Authority in Gaza when the wars. Are, no, we're sorry, not interested. Not going to do that. Okay. Well, we're still well, well with, with, with 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 all due respect, the Palestinian Authority. Um, and there's a big story today about the teachers of yeah. UNRWA, um, you know, cheering online in a chat room uh, while the uh, the October 7th massacre was taking place. But the Palestinian Authority not only pays for slay, paying money to uh, to family members of martyrs quote unquote, yeah. who killed Jews in Israel, but they teach their kids to hate the Jew and take Jerusalem with their blood as Hamas did. So there's no real difference as far as the society and, and what they'd be up against. And plus Hamas is in the Palestinian Authority. They're in, they're in uh, the West Bank. But that, that, that's, that's a different story. But you say give, give, you know, th keep throwing money. We've given Ukraine more money in the two years than if you take yeah. the three billion a year we give Israel. If, and if we, if, if we yeah. were giving it to them for the 75 years, which we weren't we've given more money to ukraine and i don't see any conditions on the ukraine aid i don't see right. instructions going to ukraine do you yeah. no no and at this point it's good money after bad because this thing is is going to remain frozen in ukraine are we this talking about are we talking about is israel now or ukraine i'm talking about ukraine i'm talking about ukraine okay. we're, we're throwing yeah, yeah, money okay. throwing money and we're it's like good money after bad it's if you just think about it in terms of just a math problem. It's a losing proposition at this point. And so, you know, that there, there's no progress being made. We've actually, you know, we took this, this is, a, a, I, I knew this from my time at CENTCOM, but the New York Times broke this in um, last year. So we took 155 rounds from the stockpile Israel needed for defense, really defense in the North with Hezbollah. And we gave that to Ukraine. And now we have to push those rounds back to Israel 
and now we've got to make more for Ukraine. We're out of rounds. We're out. <laughs> the defense well, industry can't yeah, keep up. That's that, that, they're right. That's another thing. What about our defense? What, yeah. what about, I mean, okay. we're, we're low on munitions, we're low on, on, on certain weapons, and as you just correctly pointed out, that story was broken by the Times. And, and, and again, nobody, nobody bats an eye. It's like nobody cares, and I yeah. don't get it. I just don't get it. If I'm China, if I'm Russia, if I'm Iran, I'm laughing, I'm having a party because I don't get it, uh, uh, Colonel. I just don't get it. You're, if you're those people, particularly if you're Iran, you're hoping for a second Biden administration. You're, you're looking your chops for a second Biden administration. Another four years of this. That, that's where you are. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, 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 I couldn't agree. Now, let, let's just talk about and, and um, we're talking to um, to retired uh, U.S. Uh, Army Colonel uh, Joe Bucaccino. And I'm sorry for mispronouncing your name at the beginning. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, anyway, talk about what what's going on in the Red Sea. This is something else I don't understand. This isn't about Israel. This isn't uh, just about the United States either, who have sh ships there. This is about sh world shipping. This is about, you know, the, 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 the well-being of the world. And you got these punks, the Houthis, who are, you know, Iranian proxies, basically calling the shots, doing what they want, you know, firing uh, drones, uh, uh, boarding ships, blocking ships. And the U.S. is like, well, they better not do any more, which I've been hearing for a month. I, 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 what's going on? Yeah, I think um, at this point, um, if uh, they do it again, I think we're going to strenuously object, like uh, that scene <laughs> from A Few Good Men. You, like, you know, I think uh, you, you mentioned these punks. The Houthis are a motorcycle gang with that has some rockets from Iran. They're a motorcycle gang in the poorest country, one of the poorest countries in the world. And they're holding global commerce at risk. We're letting that happen. You know, they, they the most complicated attack uh, yesterday. I mean, it would be funny if it weren't so. No, weird. yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I think we had uh, I, I jotted it down somewhere here. We had uh, tons of. Uh, OK, we had 21 drones fired from Yemen in the Red Sea from the Houthis. Right. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so. You know, uh, attacks on our troops in Syria and Iraq, attacks in the Red Sea, we're basically just knocking them down. So that's right. not going to that's not going to work. That's not going to stop anything. You know, Iran is looking at this as this is a they're in a low grade war with the United States and they're in the kind of war they want. They've subcontracted all the work to these punks, as you call them, that they, they don't care about. And by the way, what, what's interesting, and people don't really—I I like I like motorcycle gang better than punks. But go yeah. ahead. Yeah, right. People don't really—you know—Iran does not care about Hamas. Or Iran is predominantly Shia. Hamas is is Sunni. Gaza is predominantly Sunni. There, the, people don't point this out enough, but there are no Palestinian protests inside Iran like there are in the United States or in Europe and these other countries. And really what they're doing, they're taking advantage of the situation and they're, they're causing chaos. They're, they're bullying global commerce. They're bullying the Saudis. They're bullying the United States through these other groups. And we'll do these little little, little pinprick strikes in, in Iraq and Syria and kill seven of them. And Iran, they don't care. Iran doesn't care about them. These people are right. like 
dirt poor. We can kill all of them. Iran wouldn't care because we're not holding anything that Iran cares about at risk. And Iran at this point knows that we don't have the will. We don't have the resolve to do that. It's a very frightening situation. And, uh, you know, it just make the I know you're not political. I am. And again, yeah. this Lloyd Austin thing fell into the lap of the Republicans. I think it's it's going to help them tremendously in the general election. It should. And with on every level and 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 this non response to attacks on our troops and our and ships in the round. I mean, it should also uh, be a factor because I don't know who's calling the shots. I got a feeling it's Barack Obama. That's my theory. But um it's disgraceful. Listen, uh, uh, Colonel, tell tell people how they could find you and and uh, and follow you and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm on. Uh, well, let's you can get me on Twitter. I'm on. What's my Twitter thing? It's Joe Buccino 10. So at J-O-E-B-U-C-C-I-N-O one zero. I'm on Twitter. Let me just say one thing. I just real quick. Real yeah, quick. I know you're saying that this is going to help the Republicans. I, I'm not sure. I, I'm here in Wichita. I'm doing this this mission in Wichita. I'm not sure. Um, People care. I ask people about Afghanistan. They don't remember anymore. That's tragic to me. We should, yeah, it, that's it, true. We were humiliated. International humiliation. After 20 years, we turned the basic element of terrain and airfield over to the the people that we invaded yeah, the that Taliban. country to overthrow. Yep. So, you yep. know. And, and, you know, uh, Lloyd Austin, I think people are not worried about that. I think people should be worried. And, and I don't I don't know that they are worried at the appropriate level about these things, about national security, about the things you're talking about here. I, I don't know right. that they are going to carry over to the election. I think they should. I hope they do. Yeah, no. I, and um, you say Wichita, Kansas. I know somebody uh, who went to see um, Adam Sandler about a month ago in uh, in Wichita, oh, really? uh, for, for, for what it's worth. Um, anyway, uh, Colonel, thank you so much. Uh, God bless you. Stay safe. And I, love, I, I hope you'll come back. I look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, you got my contact. I want to come back. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Have a good rest of your uh, evening. You too. Thanks for having me. Take care. All right. Take care. All right, folks. Very interesting conversation and um, very frightening. I mean, yeah, I, I love the line where he, where he said, you know, if they do it again, we're going to we're going to tell them we're very, very concerned. I'm paraphrasing. I mean, I mean, where's the line? When do you start hitting the people who are launching the uh, the drones who are you know, perpetrating the attacks? Are we afraid of Iran? Are we afraid to 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 start them off or, or 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 incite them i mean they're they're the ones that should be afraid of inciting us and they're not and so far with good reason i don't get it i mean i don't you know but who am i i don't get it and i do think he's a better man than me for having signed up anybody who volunteers to go serve the, uh, this country there's something special about them okay when you don't have to go we saw what happened the last time we had a draft with vietnam you know burning your draft cards, moving to Canada, the whole thing. If you volunteer to go, you're, you're a better person than I am. That's what I, I've always believed that. And it was nice of him to say that he's not. But <laughs> anyway, in that respect, people are. Okay, I don't know if they're better than me in every respect, but as far as that, they are. And braver, too. Okay, folks, we'll come back. We have one final segment left in the hour. I'm Steve Malsberg right here on TNT. When a crisis hits... Close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines, ready to serve. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. The demand for charitable services has skyrocketed, 
and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs. Healing. Nurturing. Rescuing. Honoring. Protecting. Caring. Inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes, across all missions, has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. You are loved. You are valued. You are resilient. You got this. You are there for them. We are here for you. Find free care guides at aarp.org slash caregiving. The Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you a little story about something that uh, has taken place in New York City. I mentioned Brooklyn yesterday. Um, for those who don't know, Brooklyn is one of five boroughs that make up New York City. Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Manhattan, and um, the Bronx. Okay, but the one that they call, you know, the city, when you're going into the city, we're Broadway and Times Square, that's Manhattan. Okay, but in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, now get this, the weather the past couple of days has been there that we had torrential rains, which followed a snowstorm, and they had thousands of, <laughs> they, they, they had, they had thousands of illegal immigrants, which of course the news media and the left refers to as migrants, sleeping outside in a park or something. And it was unsustainable. It was unsustainable, obviously with the, you know, the, 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 the weather, the, the wetness and the bitter cold and all that kind of stuff. If you haven't heard, I'll give you like a second to think about this. Where do you think New York City Mayor Eric Adams put the illegals? Where do you think he put the illegals? Got to get a little time code, like Jeopardy or something. Do, 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 do. Um, well, he kicked the students out of a school, a public school, told them, told the parents, keep your kids home. It's going to be online learning. And he put them in the school. School children displaced for illegal aliens in New York City. What? Folks, I sit down to do this show <laughs> for an hour with you five days a week. But I'm, I'm not saying this to brag or anything, it's just telling you who I am which to me is a big part of being a talk show host is, you know, forming a bond for better or for worse with the audience. So all day, this is what I do. 
I watch, I read, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the internet, I'm, I'm putting sound bites together, I'm doing all, it's what I do. Okay, so it's not just an hour and then I go, you know, play with my dog and watch uh, Everyone Loves Raymond the rest of the day. My point is just the things that happened today, just the, the nuttiness today with Hunter Biden and, and, and yesterday with Trump in the courtroom and, and, and tomorrow Trump's in another court for a civil case. And, and these kids, I think the worst of it all is these kids being told you can't come to school. We need your freaking school. I mean, I've said freaking like five times in this show. I, I don't say that a lot. You can't come. We need your school for illegal aliens. Now, I, I don't even know, I don't know how long this is going to go on. Parents were outraged. There was one in particular whose video went viral. She's screaming from, I guess, her car at the bus that was unloading of the illegals as they walked in to the school, to the school the night before. So that would be last night. And you, you wonder, you wonder, wh wh where are we? Now, these are kids who already, during the pandemic, you know, missed all that school time, suffered immensely by the accounts of professionals who know better than me. Now, of course, Dr. Fauci, I believe today, testified somewhere uh, that, oh, I don't believe kids really suffered that much. Really? By not going to school for a year? They didn't suffer learning-wise, mentally, growth-wise. Fauci, what a disgrace that thing is. <laughs> um, told everybody, told, told 60 Minutes, you don't want to wear a mask. This is in March of 2020. You don't want to wear a mask. You know, you get schmutz in it and you touch it. And, yeah, 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 you don't need a mask. And then he admitted down the road that the only reason he said that was because there weren't enough masks to go around and the health professionals needed them. So instead of saying that, he said, ah, no, mask, nah, don't, you don't have, I mean, I played that over and over and over. That's the kind of person Anthony Fauci is, knowing or thinking that people, of course they need masks, telling 60 minutes, ah, more harm than good, because he had an agenda. He, there weren't enough masks. so. In your own mind, you know you're putting the population at risk. He doesn't care. What a creep. What a creep. Anyway, folks, that's where we are in this country. Add that to the list. Children kicked out of their school so you could put illegals in there and give them, I'm sure, room, board, food, clothing, you know, three meals a day for free. How long it will go on? Your guess is as good as mine. Maybe better. Maybe better. We're messed up. We are really messed up. And it's only going to get worse if we don't change it at the ballot. I'm sorry. Much worse. Folks, it's been a thrill and a pleasure. We'll do it again tomorrow, God willing. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. Be here 9 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. We're going to have a, 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 a candidate who's running for Senate Democrat from the state of California, U.S. Senate seat right here on TNT.